Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. I know I am. It's going to be a beautiful drive to Boise. If you've ever driven to Boise, you got to go the Craters of the Moon way. If, it's a, if there's been snow recently, but it's also sunny, one of the craziest visuals you will ever see. It is so cool over there, and I'm really looking forward to the drive, really looking forward to the Big Sky Tournament. We're taking Nuanas now on the road. We will be in Boise broadcasting from Central Link Arena from stem to stern next week, Monday through Friday. So thanks to all of our great sponsors for sending us on the road. Stockman Bank of Montana, Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor and his partners, as well as Crawford Automotive, Carl Tyler Express Lube, and Aspen Sound. Really appreciate all those great sponsors for sending us to Boise. You're listening right now to Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it in the podcast. We had a recap of the state tournaments, uh, which you just heard there in the Sports Center. Also had our favorite Friday segment, our resident chick who doesn't know sports, talking about a variety of different things, including the first black female official in the National Football League. Uh, A little conversation about why there's so much more player empowerment in the NBA than there is in the NFL and a variety of other things. Of course, we had a lot of good laughs. And then we also shared an excerpt of our latest Grizz Greats with Corey Falls. If you want to find the podcast, all you have to do is search Nuanas now on any of your various podcasting platforms, or you can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you want to listen in live, you want to listen on your mobile device, your laptop, your iPad, wherever you might got, 
Go to our station website as well, 1290ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And, of course, if you want to give us a call, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Happy now to be joined in studio. One of my best buddies, as well as a good friend of this show, Kyle Sample. As I called you in the promo, a recovering sports writer. So you got some chops, but you're also my resident NBA guy. No offense, Austin Tutel. You're going to get back in here, too. I know you've been busy as well. So we'll get get Austin back in here as well. But uh, I haven't talked. This is probably the longest withdrawal I've ever had from talking NBA on this show. So first of all, what's going on, man? How you doing? Great. Great. Uh, first, let's let's get Austin and you and I in here together. That would be great. And talk NBA. And yeah, then yeah. you will have no listeners. <laughs> I think there is a fair amount of NBA fans in this town. No, dude. All. I think Missoula hates the NBA. Man, I think that people that are older than us hate the NBA, but I think our age demographic, Kyle and I are the same age. We're both in our mid-30s. We'll call it early 30s still. This year didn't count, so I'm saying I'm 32 still instead of 33, even though we're both going to be 34. So last year, this last year didn't count. So re- redo the whatever birthday that you're on but regardless i do think there's a lot of guys in you know the 26 to 36 age demo that likes the nba man i really do i hope there are i just feel like every time you go to a bar you're gonna see football or you're gonna see hockey i, I well i think that, a lot of I hockey think, I, or college basketball i think that's the sports bar culture though in missoula too like you go to the bar to watch the hockey because they just assume that guys that love the NBA are just watching it because it's not that hard to get, right? There's national NBA games all the time. All the time there are, yeah. And you're going to see all the good games. That's true. That's true. You know, I mean, you can you don't have to go to the bar to watch Kevin Durant or whatever. Like, the national games are on all the time. Right. And the fact that there's actually uh, some of the superstars playing for the big market teams, it actually makes it even more accessible, right? Like, the fact that LeBron, it, it was so bad when the Lakers didn't have a superstar. Because the Lakers are still going to be on TV. Yeah, Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but like when, they, when they didn't have a real superstar and they're still on TV just 25 or 30 times a year, it's just oh, they're brutal. They're just so bad. It's like watching the Cowboys in the NFL. Exactly. What am, why are you showing me this it, exactly. on Sunday night? Do you remember we watched the Cowboys and the Eagles? That was the worst night? football what, what game they, I've seen in a long time. And that was the worst football game I've watched in a minute. That was the worst. It, it is too bad that that dictates the national games so often. Uh, but we are in a better situation right now with the fact that uh, the Clippers are really good. The Lakers are really good. They have appealing players to watch. The Nets have, you know, they have a draw now with James Harden and Kevin Durant. So I just, it just the makes Knicks, it. The, the Knicks, Knicks, the Knicks are better yep. for sure. The Knicks are certainly better. So let, I have a whole bunch of things to talk to you about because I actually, you know, it always gets like this for me. I, I'm a huge NBA fan, obviously, but. I have a hard time watching before Christmas, and then this year it was sort of like I dove in during Christmas, but that was the very beginning of the season, so then my whole interest was sort of delayed. And I always start getting into it right around this time when it's March Madness, and I know that the college basketball and all my work that I have to do covering hoops is going to be over. So I started paying attention a little more last couple weeks, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about it as well. But first and foremost, we got to start with the news of the day, talking about guys from our generation. Blake Griffin... Was his contract was bought out by the Detroit Pistons today? That basically means that the Detroit Pistons paid him the remaining uh, his remaining money to not play for them, to go home, to go away. It, it's a very rare situation when you have guys that are having hundred million dollar plus contracts where they straight up get bought out. 
This happened once upon a time with Michael Finley, I remember. Yeah. And then he went and signed uh, another contract, a one-year deal. And so then at that moment, Michael Finley was like the highest-paid player in the NBA because he had gotten bought out by one team and signed another lucrative contract. So he's making like $29 million or something crazy. So we'll see if Blake Griffin uh, gets back on track. But once upon a time... Blake Griffin was among the biggest stars in the NBA. And the fall from grace has been crazy. And I know it's so spurred on by injuries, but, I mean, we really haven't seen that many guys that were at that high of a level at one moment. I mean, I think Blake Griffin finished second in the MVP voting one year, definitely in the top three or four. And, I mean, he was a double-double machine. He was not only that, though, he's marketable, dunk contest winner, all-star, all-NBA player. He's everywhere. And just off a cliff. Yeah. Who can you compare that to? I mean, there's other guys that you can think of that maybe were hindered by injuries, but I don't think that the Greg Odens of the world achieved the superstardom that Blake Griffin did. No, it's, it's hard to draw a parallel there. Like, you're right, he was everywhere. He was dunking over cars. He was, like... Everywhere. I don't know. I can't think of anybody who, like, maybe reached that level. Like, another sport, Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. is a good one. But better, because Ken Griffey Jr. was better. But, like, I mean, in the NBA, I don't know. My number one parallel was Amari Stoudemire. Oh, yeah. Because Amari Stoudemire was an all-NBA type guy. He wasn't quite the superstar in terms of the marketability and the branding and all that. Blake Griffin had a couple things going for him that were different than anybody else. First of all, he looks so different compared to pretty much anybody. I mean, he's just sort of an unusual-looking person, and he's just such a physical specimen as well. But he's also, I think, a pretty charismatic guy, and his his sort of weird, dry humor was very appealing, I think, to to marketers. But it is, it's, it's sad. It sucks that Blake Griffin uh, fell so hard. But also, you could just see it coming because when he hurt his knee his very first year, that this when you're 6'10", 250, that just makes the ticking time bomb just start ticking, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played more than 60 games, I think, twice in the last, like, eight years. Like, he's been, he's always injured. Always. And, like, it, I think it came from that. He comes into the league injured, and then he got healthy a little bit, and then he was just, like, dunking on everybody, and then, <laughs> then he's just gone. It's... It's what makes guys like Carl Malone and uh, LeBron James so amazing, particularly LeBron, because when you can, when you can jump as high as uh, Blake Griffin or a Zion Williamson or Amari Stoudemire can, but you also have that much mass. It's just a matter of physics, right? I mean, it's just a matter of time before you land wrong and the weight of your own body hurts you. You just can't jump 40 inches in the air when you weigh over 250 pounds. But that the injury Blake Griffin got when he, when he was a, a rookie, it was basically a stress fracture of his patella. That just comes from blunt force of landing and being so big. And so that's the thing. I mean, this, this reminds me then, because the guy who reminds me the most of Blake Griffin that's come to the league recently is Zion Williamson. Yeah, I, think. I was just going to say, what do you th- like his body, you watch him like run up the, run up the court, you can't believe he can go from that to just jumping higher than anybody or beating anybody off the dribble. Like, they put him up at the top of the key, and they're just like, go. And, like, teams, I saw the other day, he was they were playing the Bulls, and Garrett Temple came from the opposite side of the court try to stop him. Like, that was their defense. That was set up for to stop Zion coming in like that. It's like, you wonder you wonder how long he can hold up. And I, I've, I've been saying this since I first saw him as a freshman at Duke. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to be the, the predictor of bad news. I just don't know how it's possible for Zion Williamson to stay healthy. Maybe he proves everybody wrong. But 
the dude is the most explosive dude I've seen in the league in a in a long time, and he is absolutely the most massive player in the league too. I mean, he has to weigh the, the most of anybody in the NBA, right? It's got to be like two eighty. I mean, they they list him I think at two eighty five, and I would be would not be surprised if he's bigger than that. I mean, he is a big boy. Can you imagine being that athletic at that at that size? I, every time I watch him, all I think of is how many football coaches are sitting. They're watching him. If they are, if, they, if anybody with a football background is watching him, they're sitting there thinking, I mean, my God, we could have made you into the best three-tech or the best D-end in, in the world, man. You couldn't throw over top of him. You couldn't throw over the top of him. I mean, think about how explosive he would be if you learned how to rush the passer, if you taught him how to hand fight. I mean, all of it would just be unbelievable. So I we hope, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be right about this. And so far, um, He's had some minor injuries, but nothing serious. But you, just, you always have to wonder when it's mass plus explosion never seems to equal much good. Maybe one other guy who had like crazy hype, even though way before us, so we didn't get to experience it. Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich is a good one. Pete Maravich was playing his best ever, and then he tore his knee, and then he was never the same. Yeah. Carolyn and I talked about this on the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports in, in the first segment. She asked me just the broad question of why does it seem as if there are so many um, player... The players are so empowered in the NBA, and it seems like the players have so much power, and it seems like the ownership, in, uh, they they boost the players up to make statements, to wear sayings on their jerseys, to kneel or, you know, protest, or, you know, there was no uproarious reaction when the Bucks boycotted the game in the bubble, or, you know, when we've had these various walkouts and things like that. And in the NFL, it's like the end of the world when this stuff happens. And she was asking me just the, the, the differences. And I was explaining to her, just when you go back into the history of the NBA, it's easy to forget that the NBA, in its origin all the way through the merger, was a completely fringe sport. It was not consumed by... Americans loved men's college basketball, not the NBA. Mm-hmm. Bill Russell was not playing in the NBA Finals on primetime TV. He was playing on tape delay. You know, there is no video evidence of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Like, how crazy is that? You can find NFL films from Red Grange and Otto Graham back in the 30s, but you can't find Wilt Chamberlain having one of the greatest games in the history of the league. And so... And then you talk about in, into the 70s. I mean, I think that's the story of guys like Pete Maravich. There was such a variety of of negative factors that impacted guys' legacies. First of all, you had a two-league system where until the merger, you had some guys going one way, some guys going the other way. You had guys like Rick Barry going both ways, going in and out. Jackie Moon. I mean, exactly. There's so many. I mean, David Thompson, Pete Maravich. You know, I mean, even after the merger, but similar circumstances. Michael Ray Richardson, Len Bias. I mean, th- there was there was the infiltration of drugs and the and the just the the massive use of them by NBA players. There was a lot of the racial strife that was going on in America and and the uh, the re- the reluctance of accepting this majority black sport. All sorts of different factors. And then Magic Johnson and Larry Bird enter the NBA and they change everything. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing accelerates now. But I think that there was so many guys in that like 1970s era that just get washed up and get completely forgotten about because of lack of exposure, lack of training, bad lifestyles that these guys were living. They weren't making that much money, so they couldn't take care of their bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like Bill Simmons always argues. John Havlicek was 
one of the five best players in the history of the league the day he retired. And now no one brings him up in any conversations. And he's probably not in the top 10 anymore, but he's definitely in the top 20. I mean, he's he won five MVPs and won like eight championships. And no one talks about Hondo. And I think it's just, it's a testament to the era, right? The fact that those 1970s guys, they just, they don't get remembered like they should or would if it would have been a different circumstance. That's why the that's why the the players you think are more empowered. Well, I think that no. I, well, I guess then that brings me back full circle to what the the point was was it was a confluence of events. Two things: one, David's the merger, then David Stern's uh, election to commissioner and his vision, and then the rise of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird that then was taken to the stratosphere by Michael Jordan. Those guys became such global superstars and such global ambassadors. And then you f- factor in the dream team; it becomes an international game, and you know the whole the rest is history. It is truly, you know, barely one B in the American sports consciousness now. When you know, even just as as short of a time as just four decades ago, it was completely and utterly irrelevant. Just nobody knew. Nobody knew anything that was going on in the NBA. Right. It's like living in Missoula. My, like, <laughs> right. my my mom's brothers are all older than her. They all grew up in the 60s and 70s. And they can joust with you and talk sports all day when it comes to baseball, Olympic sports, uh, men's college basketball, all these things. They have no real opinions about the NBA until their later lives, until like when they were grown adults watching the NBA in their in the 80s and 90s. That it's not the same, though. It's, it's like this forgotten era. Listen to Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Okay, let's talk about some contemporary NBA stuff that's going on right now. No more John Havlicek? <laughs> no more Hondo. <laughs> Kyle Sable in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. The Sixers have been one of the most frustrating and perplexing uh, teams in the league for several years now. Massive talent, the quote-unquote process that they went through where they got all these number one picks. It seemed to sort of work, but then they kept coming up short. Now, they have a new coach in Doc Rivers. They have uh, new roles for several of their players, and uh, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. So first and foremost, Joel Embiid. I know you've watched the Sixers several times, and I know you've uh, been, been throwing a little coin down on the Sixers from time to time. But, do you, I mean, Embiid, to me, it's all about the consistency over the span of a whole season. But now we're about a quarter, maybe a third through the season. Do you believe in, in the progress that he's made? Oh, yeah. 100%. I feel like um, all those things that I used to complain about him with, like he just he just wouldn't dominate, I feel like he's not doing that anymore. I think every now and then you see him and he like toys around with somebody, but it's like he said in that one quote, he's like, I have so many offensive tools. He has so many. He can do anything. He's shooting over 40% from three. He has turnarounds. He can face up. He can shoot the mid-range. He shoots fadeaways. He can shoot step backs. It's like insane that this guy had feet in, feet injuries and then he can still do all this at his size. It is insane. The His background is fascinating. The way he honed his footwork playing other sports. He was late to basketball. All those things. So I, I have a different question for you. Do you feel like... I think he is hilarious. I know he's starting to get a little bit more mainstream exposure, but I just think they need to market him even more. I mean, he is one of the most brash yet authentic smack talkers of the whole league. I, th- I just I know he's already a star, but I think he could be like a super duper star if they marketed him right. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he's one of the most he's one of the funniest guys you ever hear. Like all that stuff he does on Twitter, some of the stuff he says, and he's he's just so open. Like when he dominates a guy, he said this thing about. Uh, about uh, 
Gosh, what's his name? The center from the Pacers, not Sabonis. Miles Turner. Oh, Miles Turner, sure. Oh, he just talked about how he's owned Miles Turner since he came into the league. Just straight up just says it. He says that about Andre Drummond. He's like, he, he just looked, yeah, I just dominate that guy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the The best part about it is that Joel Embiid's from Africa, and it's it's almost as if his, his, his smack talking is so authentic, and at the same time, it's almost an unintentional satire on the way that American basketball players talk smack, right? Like, he thinks that this is the way you're supposed to do it, so then he does it in an even more blunt and awesome fashion mm-hmm. without intentionally trying to be, like, the fiercest, most, you know, blunt dude in the league, and I think that's what makes it so great. He, uh, he's, like, he's very brash, but, like, there's a there's a, a really good story that came out the other day about Kobe Bryant's, like, legendary pre-draft workout. I really hope right. that somebody writes a similar story about... Embiid and what people saw in pickup games with him when he was before he was playing because like the things that people say are like you know, we'd never seen him play before like really other than college and he comes in and he dominated like made people look foolish and then nobody got to see it in the NBA so when he appears it was sort of like whoa this guy is this guy's different but everybody saw that stuff coming I hope that story gets written someday no question uh, it, it's uh, fascinating to think what there, there's certain drafts where there's these these surefire number one picks that no one else was going to go number one. You know, LeBron's draft, even Blake Griffin's draft. Um, but that Embiid draft, everybody had been so scared off a handful of years earlier by Greg Oden because Greg Oden had the foot injury. Greg Oden was even way more hyped than Embiid was when, when, when Oden was coming out of Ohio State. And Odin still then went number one over Kevin Durant, which in retrospect will always be remembered as one of the biggest uh, screw-ups in draft history. But you can't really predict the injury track that Odin went down. But then now you look at that 2014 draft, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker. I mean, imagine if Embiid ends up in Cleveland with LeBron, man. Like, that would have just been so crazy. I mean, maybe LeBron doesn't go back to Cleveland if they get Embiid. I don't know. But the fact that both Wiggins and Parker have been so lackluster. And now here we are with Embiid, who is, I mean, he's still relatively young, right? I mean, blossoming into this amazing, I mean, not even blossoming into, taking himself to the absolute next level. I mean, he's averaging 30 and 12 right now. He's probably the front runner for MVP. So that's definitely going to be remembered as one of the big what ifs. Yeah. Um, do, do you think, um, do you think LeBron, trades Joel Embiid for Kevin Love then? Remember they did that? Andrew Wiggins, they traded Andrew Wiggins right, for right. Kevin Love? Do you think he trades Embiid? Man. I and, don't... Then, and then is LeBron a bad GM? Well, LeBron has to have specific types. Questions. I mean, LeBron has to have specific types of guys to play with. I think mm-hmm. he he got lost in the, well, in the well, I should say lost. He was obsessed with the pick-and-pop big guys like Chris Bosh and Kevin Love. Then he found the pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll, pick-and-everything big guy in Antonio Davis, and all of a sudden he's got the best teammate he's ever had. Anthony. Oh, Anthony Davis, excuse Antonio me. Antonio Davis was sick, though. I loved Antonio <laughs> Davis. And the Davis brothers yeah. back in Indiana. Shout-out Jason Scott in case you're listening because <laughs> I love those guys. So that, that's what we need to get back to is the power forwards that look like bodybuilders. And Embiid's kind of like that, right? Can they 3 and D? Uh, exactly. That's the D? problem. The, the, the era of... 
it, it only lasted for a minute. It was like the late 80s through the early 2000s where you just tried to get these guys that were 6'8 to 6'10 that had no discernible basketball skills, but they could just run and jump and just crush, just foul people so hard. So physical. So physical. Antonio Davis, Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, Dale Davis. I mean, those guys were all such not good basketball players and all just so fun to watch. Love to shoot them, see them shoot, shoot like an 18-footer. Exactly, right? Like if you had that run today's offense, pick and pop with those guys, it ain't happening. You're listening to Nuwana is now breaking down the NBA. Kyle Sample in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We got a lot more to get to, NBA and NFL included, so we'll do that right on the other side. Stick it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're watching, you're watching on SWX Montana television around the great state of Montana. We're broadcasting to you live from the ESPN studios here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company is locally owned and operated, proudly locally owned and operated. If you want to find us online, it's easy. If you want to hit us up on the social media, that's easy as well. You have... Facebook, which is just uh, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. You can find us on Twitter at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT or you're still rocking on the Twitter, right? I don't even know what your handle is anymore. You, you've had a couple retired Twitters. You don't care anymore. I still, I'm still on there, but people don't need to follow me. Yeah, people Nobody don't need to follow Sample. Yeah, he's irrelevant. Kyle Sample, by the way, joining me, Coulter Duana's in studio on this fine Friday. And uh, if you want to listen in live as well on something besides the terrestrial radio or the traditional television set, you can do that by clicking on the live stream on 1029ESPN.com, and you will find the Listen Live tab there. It's presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you missed the memo, we're headed to Boise next week. It's the Big Sky Tournament. Montana State got a pair of wins, both the men and women's basketball teams from Montana State. They won today. Montana, they play Warner Pacific tonight and tomorrow. The Grizz men do. Uh, a couple different reasons behind that, at least in my speculatory uh, analysis. I think that, number one, Travis DeCure and the Montana men's basketball team did not want to have a um, more than 10-day break between their last games and Boise. The Grizz were scheduled to play Idaho they tested positive earlier this week, so those games have been canceled. Still remains to be seen if Idaho can even get out of quarantine to make it to the Big Sky Tournament. But that's here nor there. So did Coach DeCure and his squad, they wanted to get a couple uh, tune-ups before the Big Sky Conference Tournament. But also, Montana sits at 12-13 and 13 right now overall. They're one of 19 teams in the United States that has at least 
12 seasons in a row with winning records. So they will assumedly get that with Warner Pacific, an NAIA school from somewhere in Oregon that I had never heard of until I got this press release earlier this week. Uh, you assume that they'll get a couple wins, but this is also a tenuous and precarious thing. We're not going to try to put bad juju on anybody, but... It'll be interesting to see what the testing protocols are like because uh, they're not Division One, so they don't have the same testing protocols. So the worst-case scenario here would be that the Grizz got a couple wins and then uh, somehow got some sort of COVID issue going to Boise. But we're not going to put that juju on them. Regardless, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Montana finishes its last weekend of the year. By the way, Montana State, their win over Sac State, 77-75 today, helps further solidify the fact that they will have a bye in next week's Big Sky Tournament. Right now, the top three seeds are still in flux. Idaho State went to Cheney and beat Eastern Washington on Wednesday. That was a surprising win, except for that when you take into account, this is why matchups are so funny, right? Last season, Eastern Washington went 16-4 and in league play. They got swept by Montana, including getting beat by like 40 in Cheney. And the Grizz were good, but, but uh, finished in third place in the regular season standings a year ago. And one of Eastern Washington's other conference losses last year was to an Idaho State team that finished last. So Ryan Looney's team, they have now beat Eastern two out of the last three times they've played. They play again tonight in Cheney. Uh, It's amazing how the matchups work out. But here's what, what we do know. If Southern Utah wins tonight, they win the outright Big Sky title, which in itself comes with a ton of different layers considering that Southern Utah is on its way out of the league. Uh, they have not played a lot of road games this year. They are sitting there at 17-3, and three, but they've played 14 home games. They've had a lot of COVID issues uh, at Southern Utah. and uh, But if Southern Utah beats Portland State tonight, they win. If they lose, then you have a whole bunch of different scenarios. Weber State is still in the hunt for the number one seed. They played Northern Colorado. They had a crazy game on Wednesday in which they gutted out a one-point win. It came all the way down to the wire. The last minute and a half was just insane. Uh, but Weber's still alive in it. And then if Eastern wins, then all of a sudden you have a, a variety of tiebreaker scenarios. I think if all three teams win, then it's Southern Utah 1, Weber 2, Eastern 3. I think if Southern Utah loses, that brings up a whole bunch of different scenarios. So I don't. we don't have time. We don't want to bore you with all those. But the top three seeds are still in flux, although we do know those three aforementioned teams are getting buys in Boise. We also know that Montana State and Idaho State will both be getting buys in Boise as well. But then the rest of the field um, is still to be determined. That sixth seed, if Idaho can't go, because Idaho is the only other team outside of the top five with buys that's locked in. Idaho is the 11 seed. If they can't go to Boise, then that means the sixth seed will also get a buy. So the sixth could be a, a sweet spot. That said, Montana is 7-9 in league play. So if Portland State was to lose tonight, then they would be tied there. And uh, if NAU, or excuse me, if Northern Colorado was to lose tonight, they could also be tied with Montana as well. So there's a lot of different scenarios. Right now, the Grizz are sitting in eighth. They would get the 8-9 game, and they would, then they would play the one seed if they were to win in the first round. But there is a chance for the Grizz to move as high as sixth. And if they did that, it could come with a bye because Idaho might not be able to make it to Boise. But this is all speculatory. We have no idea. Uh, follow Skyline Sports MT on Twitter or Facebook. I will have full scenarios of how the seedings are playing out after tonight's games are finished. Let's talk some more NBA samples. So Kyle Sample in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We're talking NBA, and I have a whole bunch of more questions for you. So first of all, to me, I thought when the Boston Celtics 
got rid of Kyrie Irving and got rid of Gordon Hayward, it would actually expand their ability to be uh, to build around the two pieces I think they should build around, Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum. They've just been I don't even think okay is a, is a, is is even adequate. They've been they've been disappointing. They're 500 right now. Why aren't they better? Or I guess do you agree? Should I think I think the Celtics should be better? Do you? Yes, I think they should be a lot better. I think they're only. I think did you say like three games over 500? I, I think they've even slipped down to be either exactly at 500 or just a game over 500 right now. So two games over. Um, either way, I thought they would be a lot better than that. It's a pretty solid roster. Sure. Tatum and Brown are really good. I thought it was a good roster, but apparently it's turning out not to be. Like, Tristan Thomas just isn't playing, or Thompson isn't playing well. I mean, Pey- Peyton Pritchard, I mean, Kemba Walker has not. Kemba Walker looks like he's good. washed to me. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he just has never come back from those injuries. They just have a lot of bad luck, if you think about it. Like, th- they were set up so well for a team that was good. They had all those assets. They had young players who were going to be good. Brown turned out to, or... Yeah, Jalen Brown turned out to be good. They just had a lot of bad luck, though. Like, that roster creation for the last, like, five years has not been what everybody thought it would be, considering all those assets. Certainly. I also wonder, Brad Stevens is 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 credited as one of the great coaches in the league. I think there's a lot of different elements that go into that, but X's and O's wise, I think it's tried and true. Most coaches in the league will tell you you're basically down six to nothing when you play Brad Stevens because of the way he runs his out of bounds plays and his out of timeout plays and stuff like that. That said, his non after break system is all point guard based. I think that's why you've seen Isaiah Thomas have the greatest years of his career before he fell off with Boston. You've seen Kyrie Irving, even though he was sort of a ball hog and a malcontent, he still had tremendous production. And then Kemba Walker before what looks to me like he he's, he's just has not been able to recover from the knee injury, he is also he was also great. And so you wonder now the fact that Kemba's not as good as he once was, and maybe the the system is just wrong for the personnel. It's almost as if they needed another true point guard to to run that thing. Yeah, and Peyton Pritchard is not the guy. <laughs> He's not the guy. That, and that, and you know that goes back to a lot of the the old traditions of Boston. I just don't know if that guy's really an NBA player. I mean, he's an okay player. He's I just he's got to be a, an NBA ninth guy. He cannot be getting the tick he's getting for the Celtics. Right. I don't know what their asset level is now, but what about the possibility they could trade for uh, Kyle Lowry? They have a massive trade exception, like they do twenty-eight million dollars. I want to say. I think that they would have to get rid of somebody like Marcus Smart. And can they bring themselves to do that? I would do it for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is a better offensive player. He's not as good defensively, but he's a very good defensive player. I would, I would do it. What do you think about the dynamic of Boston itself, as well as the tradition of the Boston Celtics, and the way that it influences their personnel decisions? <laughs> in, other, in, other, in other words, I mean, I think that there's a lot of times, I mean, the, the Celtics have always hung on to guys like Marcus Smart because their fans become so obsessed with them. Because you know they're like I mean? tough nose, like cult hero kind of guy. Exactly. Like he, he's as big as, he's as popular with the fan base as those guys that are burgeoning superstars. Yeah. Which is strange to me. It's <laughs> like Brown, you have so much reason to get behind Jalen Brown um, and Tatum. 
like both of them. But yeah, you're right. I think they do have like a weird cult following thing where they like build a guy up. Dane Pritchard could be that guy. Taco Falls was that guy. I mean, they were hot on Taco. They do. They, they and they get uh, they do. They they get these guys and they have a hard time moving on from them. Or a lot of times they anoint guys like Gordon Hayward as the next one of those guys, and then something out of their control happens and then it spirals out and then that guy can never reclaim because he was so hyped he can never reclaim the status that they wanted him to have right they, I mean that's part of the bad luck too like who saw that happening him breaking his foot in like the first three minutes of his first game or like his lower leg or whatever it was I mean it was one of the most brutal injuries I've ever seen and the then, timing and the severity was just horrific it's like he was so set up for success there and then uh, Kemba Walker's injury you don't see that coming I mean, all these things. They were set up to get Anthony Davis. Then his dad's like, no, we'd never play for you. We've never played in Boston. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as on the statewide television, SWX Montana. Interesting note on the radio after the Bobcat women dispatched of Sac State at 81-66. That was the final regular season game for the Montana State women. Tori Martell, the lone senior on the Bobcat women's basketball roster. Trisha Bidford, Montana State head coach, and announced that she has been invited to the three-point shootout at the Final Four. So that's cool. That's good exposure for Montana State. That's awesome. And uh, she has the most quintessential set shot you will ever see. And I think that gives her a chance, man. If she's not getting guarded, she just has her feet set. I mean, she has it's sort of a funny-looking little wrist flick, but when it's when she consistently operates it, She's as good a shooter as there is in the country. I mean, she hit seven threes today on the way to 23 points. So uh, she continues to build her all-league resume in her senior year. But that's a cool uh, cool that's circumstance awesome. for her. Yeah. Is she little? She's she's, she's about five little? six. yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought she was like the, the shorter one. But no, that's that's awesome for Montana State to get somebody in there to, to do that and represent that program. It's sweet to see what Benford's done with that from where it was eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, so sample, Kyle worked at the, the Daily Chronicle in Bozeman and uh, covered Montana State women, and he was sort of on the, I guess it would have been the back end of the sort of mediocre time of Trisha Bidford's tenure, and then the front end of the rebuild. Your last year there was when like Lindsey Stockton and Jasmine Hamas and Alexa Dawkins, Peyton Ferris, all those girls were like sophomores, right? It was 2014. I think I covered them up to their junior year. Junior year, and then and then they then they really got good the next two years, and yep. they won the league, went to the NCAA. They lost to the Heartbreaker in Boise or in Reno, excuse me. Oh yeah, were you in Reno for that one when they lost on the half court buzzer beater? Was that the Millies year? Well, there was multiple Millies years. No. I wore was that my the original Millies. I wore my Reno half zip just for nostalgia feel today. God bless Reno. The I'm first never... year was in Reno was when I was in Reno. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was the first year in Reno then. Yep, it was the year that uh, that Juliet Jones, I'll never forget it, hit a three-quarter court buzzer beater to beat the number one seed. And it was the moment that at the same time, everybody in the league screamed, this is why you have a neutral site tournament. And everybody in Montana screamed, this would never happen if the tournament was in Montana. Do you remember how wild that women's tournament was? Like, there wasn't there a day that was just like the craziest day of basketball ever? Like, that day. There was like a double overtime game. Weber State and Idaho went to double overtime. The comeback? Remember, Taylor Pierce hit the fall away three yes. pointer falling into the bench yes. to force the first overtime. And then. Um, oh, what was her name? The the girl from Israel, from from Weber State, hit a three with like three seconds to go in the OT, and then that sent it to the double overtime, yeah. and Idaho ended up winning, and Idaho ended up winning the whole thing. But it was it was wild. That was uh, 
That is the best part. I know that there's a lot of people in Montana that argue that the neutral site isn't great because there's you know not full arenas. It's not the same thing as if it's getting played in Dahlberg or Brick Breeding Fieldhouse or whatever. But that is the allure, particularly when the freshmen they don't have the pressure of playing in front of crowds, and they can just they have these coming out parties. And I mean that was the first that tournament was the first moment we saw Michaela Ferenz, who went on to break. Shannon Kate and Natalie Doma's all-time scoring record. I mean, it was like the first flash of Michaela Ferenz, and then she becomes an all-time great. So we are looking forward to the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. Give you more details on that after this and uh, a little more NBA, a little more NFL. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. NFL? The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home some serious headphone issues going on over here, but that's okay. We're almost done with the week. We're already wearing the fancy on-the-go headphones next week. We're taking this show on the road, headed to Boise, Idaho for the Big Sky Tournament next week. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Miss anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast. It's available on all your various podcast platforms as well as 1029ESPN.com. Podcast is proudly presented by the Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Kyle Sample in studio for with me the second hour here. We've been talking a lot of NBA. You want to get to some NFL though, huh? What do you got for me? Are you surprised the Niners haven't made a move for a quarterback? No. What are they going to do? Trade for Deshaun Watson. Is that still in the works? I mean, it is in my mind. <laughs> what are they going to have to give up? What if the Texans don't, don't trade him? I mean, then he's going to sit out. Is like, that true? Is, Has he announced this, that? This, I mean, I just don't understand why he wouldn't. Like, if you do not like the organization that much, you arguably had the best year of any quarterback last year. And there's advanced stats, say what you want about him, that say that he had the best year of any quarterback of the last 15 years, given what was around him. What, I mean, like, if he says he's going to sit out, then what do the Texans do? Right. At some point, do you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and then you just trade for him? Because the the longer they wait, right, the less leverage they have. What do the Texans do anyways? Because if you trade your franchise quarterback, who's also a rising star in the NFL, and you lose the definitive face of your franchise in J.J. Watt, it just seems like this is totally in the dumpster. Just chaos. I think you just give. I think you just start over. There's really no other franchise in the NFL that has been like the Houston Texans over the last 10 years. I was very surprised when I found this out. The Houston Texans have made the playoffs the fourth most times in the league over the last 10 years. Yet they are pinned as this team that is is uh, 
completely underachieving because they always lose in the playoffs, whether they get blown out or they lose in completely heartbreaking fashion like they did the Chiefs a couple years ago. But I just don't know where they turn after this because it seems as if you had some of the pieces and then you could, I mean, I guess I can't really, I guess what I'm, the point I'm making is that I have, I can't remember a scenario where you had elite players like Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and Jadavion Clowney, and now you have none of them, and you have literally nothing to show for I mean, David Johnson is fine, but if that's what you got for those guys, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, That's terrible management. Terrible management. That's it. That's why there's such a dumpster fire, because their organization is just trash. What did you think of J.J. Watt going to Arizona? Very surprised. I was too. Very I thought surprised. I was thinking Steelers with his brother or Packers to go back to Wisconsin or you know yeah. variety of and places. angry and angry because he has to play the 49ers two years or two times a year. Is so that going to be a angry. difference maker for the for the Cardinals? I mean, I think he's, he's a good, good player. He was really good last year. Like, yeah, no, he people is. People say injury problems, but I think he's had. I think he started 16 games. Two of the last three years? He did. And he also is still, uh, at the very least, one of the most disruptive forces in the league. If he gets you 10.5 sacks and, like, say, 30 knockdowns, he's a disruptive player. Here's an amazing stat. It's from Max Kellerman. J.J. Watt was double-teamed more than any player in the NFL last year, including Aaron Donald. I found that amazing. I believe it. I mean, think about it. Forget even the sacks. Like, if he just gets you pressures and knockdowns, and he takes a double team away from Chandler Jones, or he forces sure. the way your offensive line blocks and leaves Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a good defensive line. Like they could do things, and they have they have guys on defense. And that could be a really really good defense next year. And I'm uh, really angry that he went there. <laughs> I don't have time for my full on rant, but the, th- the thing, and I've been hearing this on the radio so much on the national ESPN. J.J. Watt is not an edge. He's an end, but he's not an edge. And I think people need to realize what that means. And that's why he's one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL, because he doesn't play on the edge. He plays on the end, but he's traditionally been in a 3-4 defense. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 